Yo, 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 guys, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of Marijuana Say Weekly. It's Dean and Andy here, your hosts of the Grow Show and the All Things Cannabis and Essay Show, and we're going to be going over something quite interesting. We actually haven't done a rosin episode in uh, ages, uh, maybe over since like episode, 100 episodes. <laughs> since episode, I think, 10 to 12, somewhere around there, it yeah. was Feet Rosin Press. Yeah. And that was a clunker. <laughs> that was a Chinese import, and it was massive, and it was pricey, and it was quite hard to use. And I, I'm sure this is going to be a far more thrilling episode than that. But do go yeah. check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah go, go through the archives for a bit of a, a very old school um Rosin Press podcast episode. It's quite funny. <laughs> but anyway, today we've got a really cool guest, uh, Sean Hand from Rosin Press SA, and he's going to be coming on and giving us a little bit about his story. So I'm going to get him in. Yeah, uh, I'm going to jump straight in with the question. Um, how did you find yourself in such a new part of cannabis? I mean, Rosin's not really that. But it's getting very popular, but it's not always been part of the sort of easy way into cannabis. Yeah, how do you find yourself in Rosin, basically? Well, in some ways it was a bit of an accident, but for, to make a, short, a long story very short, it went back to the start of 2018. Um, I just quit my job at the start of the year, and I was oh, anxious nice. and depressed in the corporate world. And uh, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't take another day of it at that point. Um, so my, my idea was to start an IT company and get into networking. And um, yeah, fast forward six months down the line, further, further into 2018, I was very quickly running out of money and uh, wasn't quite sure what I was going to do next. I was about to go ask my boss for my, my, my job, old job back again. Um, and um, I was always tinkering and ha I'd always enjoyed working with my hands. And at the time I was working on another project trying to i'd taken apart my bicycle and was um had my wheel trying to track my wheel and trace that to video so that we could try and make a vr system and a friend of a friend saw this and said you seem like the guy who could make me something called a rosin press um, <laughs> at that point i'd never heard of it um and so i started doing a bit of research and um by the next day you know i'd already had a passion for for plants and for cannabis and i said to him I'm, I'm very excited let's let's try to do it um his basic premise was that there was one local manufacturer at the time um it was very expensive to actually mm -hmm. to invest in the equipment it was well over twenty thousand rand to buy their equipment um, and it was a very big bulky machine um, so my task was basically to try and make him something um, that was cheaper and you know that he could take around with him um, so I got to work and it took quite a while. Um, about two or three months later, I'd come up with something that worked, even though it was using an iron um, to actually produce the heat. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But uh, it got the job done and it worked and he was super stoked with it. Um, luckily for me, it was a bit of a perfect storm as well, because whilst within that month, those couple of months, um, decriminalization happened as well. Um, which just really got me thinking, you know, maybe this is something I should try and pursue. You know, I was finding quite good therapy and working with my hands and yeah, I was applying skills that I had or didn't know I had as well. So my next thought was, well, let me try and market this and um, took some photos and videos and made an Instagram account and uh, 
put it online and yeah next thing you know a couple of people were starting to contact me and were interested oh, and yeah amazing. the rest the rest was history yeah we are three years later that's amazing yeah it's, uh, I, I don't know did you know there was going to be such a cool story behind that no not at all but like i i, I think it's always the backstory that that builds up something and it's quite interesting you got into it just before the decriminalization and then the mm. decriminalization hit during your like r d kind of kind of period so it kind mm. of seems like the perfect storm pushed you in the right direction yeah, yeah. No, it was a blessing uh uh, it's quite, so, it's quite so similar to a lot of uh, a lot of the companies, but yeah, sorry, Dean, you were. So from from V one with the uh, with the uh, the iron as the heat, it's, <laughs> it's changed quite a lot. I think uh, you, uh, I've seen two models since we've been since we've been working with you, but uh, I'm sure the original model looked quite a bit different to to what it looks like now. I think can we I actually have it, a picture to have a look. At. Yeah, let's have a look at it. <laughs> I think is that, is that coming through? I was quite excited okay. to pull this one So out. this this is the latest one. This is the version four. The V four. So what have you? Uh, you know, what's been your biggest sort of learning parts across like four versions? I mean, guys, we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit more into detail like on how to use like the actual press in a future video. But this just as like an introduction, you know, four versions of making rosin presses. Uh, what are the key takeaways that you've that you've learned? Um, so my, my biggest driver in the product itself, if I can start there, has always been to create something that was functional, simple, um, and to find a balance between quality uh, and the price point. So I've always tried to operate on the lower end of the market, um, and that's why it is you know a kind of basic looking open frame, um, keep it as simple as possible. But yeah, so so how that's happened is obviously we, we know the iron story now, but Developing on from that, the, the version two got rid of the iron, moved towards some um, some more efficient heating principles that could heat mm -hmm. on the top and the bottom. Um, we tried to dial in the actual, obviously with heat and pressure being the main two functions of rosin pressing, tried to focus on that um, to dial in the heat as much as we could, just because the iron, the heat up process was very slow and um, yeah, it was all over the place really mm -hmm. with the heating. So. To try and to try and get the heating to be a lot more stable um if you can kind of think of it as a curve um to get the curve to be as close to the points you know the temperature point that you're after so that came with the introduction of the aluminium plates the version 2 didn't actually even have aluminium plates they're still trying to heat steel plates um, oh, no, which in no, hindsight no. was also um not not the best design so yeah you know i've come at it from a a point of view. I don't have a, an engineering background. Um, mm. You know, I, was, I, was, I studied economics and and worked in banking for five years. So it, it wasn't exactly my background, but I'd done welding courses growing up, and I'd um, you know work, working for the family business, building and repairing fuel pumps and um, car lifts and things like that. I'd, I'd had quite a bit of hands-on experience of yeah. working with different mechanical pro uh, products with mechanical properties. Um, so yeah, the biggest thing has really always been that finding a balance between price and quality. Um, obviously, in the first two versions, price, trying to produce it for as low cost as possible was the main aim. Um, in the later versions, version three and now version four, I've found that the market <coughs> has been developing uh, a bit more where, yeah, people, put, put it this way, products that we're putting out two years ago that people were very stoked with and giving five-star reviews for, um, I think 
you know the, what the expectation of what's required in the product has um, has evolved and with as the market itself has evolved so yeah it's it's been finding that that price point between between quality and 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 price I think that's the yeah and that's the thing and I, I also wanted to add that I think version two and or around version two version three that was also mid pandemic um, and there was a, you know, it was quite hard on like manufacturing companies, so like massive supply line, cha uh, supply chain delays and this and that. And, and it's nice to see that you've, you know, you've come through it, uh, made it to V4. <laughs> yeah, that, that's been a big part of it was, um, obviously starting small and, you know, so the first one was running out of money at that point. So it's, it was going from funding one or two at a time to then trying to fund a week or two's worth of materials at a time to trying to fund a, a month of material worth of materials mm -hmm. at a time. And as you say, there was the pandemic um, that hasn't helped things. Um, it's kind of crazy thinking about it now that the business has run for longer in under pandemic circumstances yeah. than it has outside of those. Um, it's hard to build data. It's hard to build data with everything so skewed with the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird times. It's a weird time to market it. Um, in amongst all of that, there was the old Suez Canal, the ship getting stuck, mm -hmm. and you know I do try and source as many of my parts locally. Well, everything is purchased locally, um, but there are still some things like most of the electronics themselves; those still mm -hmm. come from from overseas. Um, so suddenly you find yourself in with supply shortages, and you've got to juggle and try find some guy in the middle of nowhere that that might stock this. Was yeah. very strange unique product or, or yes. otherwise the product has had to adapt yeah. um yes. and so, uh, on so, the yeah. local front it's i mean it's locally manufactured i think all the parts come here uh, and it's all assembled in sa yeah so i wanted to actually touch on that because it's something that's quite important to me um you know manuf local manufacturing i think has mm. really got a, an important place in the in the future of south africa and it, I can just talk specifically around uh, my business and and the cannabis industry because you know I wasn't the first and I don't think I'll be the last to be producing related and manufacturing related products for the industry going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean I'm so pro local manufacturing. We did I did the numbers once and there's something like 160 components that come together to actually um complete the whole press as an entire unit oh, wow. and i think okay. over it's about 10 or 11 businesses come in to supply those 160 components mm -hmm. um if you can compare that to a, a product that's imported um you know a, let's say a, a press that's imported you know you're only really supporting the one endpoint retailer yes. in the country as opposed to those other mm -hmm. 10 companies that are either manufacturing certain components or I've got staff that are packing or packaging or whatever it might be. Yeah, um, no, so I think that's an important thing to keep, to keep in mind. Um, and yeah, especially... We, we, with, yeah, we, we tapped on some of this with uh, uh, a video we did two, week, two or three weeks ago about how cannabis creates jobs. And it's like, this is exactly the point that we were trying to uh, emphasize is it's, it went from uh, criminalized thing to constitutionally uh, legal in, in under certain circumstances and all of a sudden there's now a market around it which is a legal market where it's creating 
jobs in an economy legal that jobs. desperately yeah legal jobs which you know an economy <laughs> that desperately needs the jobs i mean like for us like uh, you know all of our local produced products and uh, like uh, big manufacturing um, guys like plant matter for instance you know it's a lot of labor yeah. that goes in a lot of hands on deck and some of it's getting exported and and i think at some point i uh, hopefully i mean rosin presses uh, from you could also be exported yeah that's that's the dream long term is to is to build up something towards that um mm. for now i'm still very small i'm, I'm a one-man band uh, the business still operates out of my garage here at home um so i'm still very much hands-on um the pandemic hasn't helped with in terms of taking mm. that next step to to you know take on some workshop space and take on some assistance to actually take it to the next level um but yeah you know, once we can get over this pandemic hurdle and mm. hopefully with a bit more clearer clarity on the regulations, um, there's certainly, I've got a, a lot of ideas and plans down the road of, of, of where to take it next. And, uh, Dean, your thoughts on the press? I mean, you've, you've had a, you know, the most experience with them internally. Yeah, so I've used it quite, I've used both version 3 and both version 4 and I love both of them. But more on top of that, we've also been, you know, we've also been reselling the presses for quite a long period. I would potentially say nearly as long as a year or over a year. And we have loads yeah. of clients who, who do have the press. And I'm always, con I'm always, uh, if anyone phones related to questions, I'm always consulting. And uh, <laughs> we've got, <laughs> so I've had a lot of sort of outside experience as well. And, you know, all in all, it's a it's the local side is amazing it's a it's a great product you know sean pays a lot of attention into the product and making sure that it runs 100 percent. so we've got mm. loads of happy clients that have pressed loads of dab and so far just so far you know the reviews keep flowing and we've um, and the presses are, are remain a popular side of the of the website so you know it's a really it's a really it's in my opinion the best locally produced uh, press and it's also something that we at marijuana sa they love a uh, love a lot and there's been lots of dank dab that's come out of them if I can say so. <laughs> excellent <laughs> yeah, uh, Sean, thank you so much for coming on and uh giving us that really cool background story on rosen press essay and yeah we look forward to having you again in the future thanks so much guys i really appreciate the support and everything you've done for me and my business so far no problem. thank you see you, see you Oh, You're awesome. What a awesome cool story. story. I yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to it's great to get uh, it's so cool to get to know people and to be able to sort of all support the same hustle and everyone's so passionate about the same things you know that when you even if you haven't had that much sort of you know personal chatting experience where everyone vibes so vibes so hard in this mm. industry and that's what i love there's a lot of passion behind the products that are being created and uh, I think the the main talking point that I really that really piqued my interest, and I'm sad we couldn't touch on it for a little bit longer, was Sean talking about how you know when he first got into it, the market didn't really care, and then the market mm -hmm. has changed. And I, I mean, we've directly seen that as well. You know, education has led to better kind of decision making in the broader in the broader public, and also a want for better quality equipment. So the education in the industry, and we've been involved in a lot of the well, you know, full time since decriminalisation 
education. And I've mm. seen that directly. As the education has flowed locally, the customer base has sort of adjusted slightly what they're looking for. And it's it's interesting to see that three years in. Imagine what it's going to be like six years in with the with the big drive to education. And I genuinely education. think we're on, we're on the precipice of getting a good export uh, economy, like a good kind of production export. Like we have a manufacturing labor force. We have a possibilities to produce uh, many things. We have nutrients. We have a huge agricultural market that's got, you know, like experience that you can't believe. Yeah, uh, uh, that's amongst some of the best in the world. And I think when we combine that with a bit of legalization and a bit of time and a bit of maybe investment, it could be a huge, uh, huge thing for the economy of SA. Um, yeah, to our producers, thanks for organizing that guest, uh, Dean and Andy. <laughs> uh, we uh, self-produced. Um, so yeah, make sure to, to support with just a like and subscribe and let us know if you're pressing rosin at the moment and what you would like to see in rosin presses in the future. And you can follow all the links below to rosin press essay and check out the press if you want to also check that. But till next week, peace and love, guys. Peace, guys.